So the reading this morning is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 20, beginning at the first verse. Early on the first day of the week, while, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen, lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped round Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you for these glorious truths that we're singing and reading about this morning of what you have done for us and the wonderful reality of what it means that you've risen from the dead. Lord, bless Peter now as he speaks to us and Lord, give give us discernment. May we hear your voice speaking to us in a very real way that will change our hearts and minds. Amen. Can I just say it's great to have so many young people in the music group today. It's it's really encouraging. And well, John, yeah, John and um, the other younger people, shall we say, <laughs> it's great to, to have uh, so many there. Wonderful. Well, the fact that Dave um, forgot his glasses gives me an amazing uh, way into my talk. Um, <laughs> you didn't know that. I didn't know Sarah was going to say that, but it does. For those of you who wear glasses, if we take them off. You'll know life gets a bit fuzzy. Um, you know, you kind of walk, if, if you forget them or you lose them or, I don't know, your, your wife hides them or something, um, you know, you're walking around and you really can't see very well. Uh, and, and the focus isn't quite right. You know, you're, you're kind of, you just can't see 
clearly. And on a day like today, Easter Sunday, really, our focus should be as, as good as it gets. Our focus should be well-tuned, well-focused uh, to see clearly. And we see clearly, don't we, as we read this passage from John chapter 20, that the tomb is empty. And, and on a day like today, as I said, the focus is clear and good, and we see that. And yet, you know, our focus in other times of the year maybe isn't quite so good, and we don't see that or we don't remember that. But Jesus, the body of Jesus, had gone. And Mary says, I have seen the Lord. How do those two things marry? How do those two things go together? The tomb is empty, and yet Mary says, I have seen the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12 has some wonderful words about witnesses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for us. So we need to give our focus right. Mary saw the Lord. Her focus was good and clear and true. What about us? We're just going to think about two things today. They look fairly simple, but they're so profound. The, the tomb was empty, and Scripture is fulfilled. Firstly, the tomb of Jesus was empty. Uh, I wonder if you notice as we read that passage how intent the disciples are in what they do and how they go about what they do in this reading. They have been there and seen it for themselves. They have eyewitnessed the death of their Lord Jesus. They witnessed him being taken down from the cross. They have witnessed him, his body being taken away to the tomb. And now it's just not very long later on, just a couple of days later, early on the Sunday morning, they are intent about what they do. And Mary Magdalene, in John's account, is at this point on her own. Verse 1, it tells us, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. She couldn't wait. She couldn't wait for it to get light. She was intent to get to the tomb while it was still dark. And she arrives at the tomb as it becomes light. Mary Magdalene was one of those witnesses. She had seen her Lord died on the cross. She'd seen his body come down from the cross. She'd seen his body being taken to the tomb and the tomb being sealed. But Mary races to that tomb on that first Easter morning. And what does she find out? And what do we find out and discover? Well, the, the, stoom, the, 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 the stone has been rolled away or the stone has been removed from the entrance. The gospel accounts... They all slightly differ, and that brings the, the truth out even more to the story. And in Mark's account, on the way to the tomb, the, the women are discussing how are they going to get, how, how are they going to get into the tomb? How are they going to roll the stone away? How are they going to get in to adorn the body and to prepare the body? But as Mary Magdalene arrives in this account, the stone has been removed from the entrance. Verse 2. 
So Mary came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. Uh, now, John is probably a little bit kind of humble at this point. He's not naming himself, but Peter and John go to the tomb to find out for themselves, to witness themselves as to what's happening. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So she, she went to anoint the body. However, the tomb is empty. And so what can they think other than the fact that, well, someone's stolen it? Someone has been there before them and someone has taken the body of Jesus away. The tomb is empty. Fully expect that they went to the tomb fully expecting to find a body. That is what they went fully expecting to find and to see. But what do they see? The tomb is empty. The guards have gone. The stone has rolled away. And so she races back to Simon Peter and to John to tell them. So, verse 3. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. They want to witness it for themselves. They want to see it for themselves. What is going on? What is happening? Is what they've said is true? Is what Mary and the other women have said is true? And so verse 4, both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. You can see them in your mind's eye, can't you? Running to the tomb, desperate to find out what's going on. And when John gets there, we're told he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. He holds back a bit, gets to the tomb, sees the, to- the stone has been rolled away, in shock, doesn't go in, but sees the linen strips lying there. He just scans the tomb from the outside. And then verse 6, Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. So John stays outside, Peter rushes in, Peter the impetuous, Peter the headstrong, Peter the one who sometimes puts his foot in it, he goes in to find out for himself. And when he goes in, he sees the linen strips lying there. He looks closely, examines it closely. He doesn't stand outside and peer in, he goes inside to examine it for himself. And he sees what Mary Magdalene has seen. He's seen nobody, an empty tomb. Doesn't make sense. Where's the body gone? And just imagine, if you can, just what they were going through at this point. They've, they've, they've lost their friend. He's died. He's been buried. And now he is nowhere to be seen. Emptiness, heartache, sadness, desperate sadness. And yet, today... Christians all over the world are celebrating the empty tomb. And for us today, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that empty tomb doesn't bring sadness but joy and rejoicing because the empty tomb means that Christ is alive and that because he is alive, we also live. As I said, this this idea of of wearing glasses, you know, when you lose your, your focus... Many people around us right now haven't got their focus on this. Their focus isn't on the empty tomb. Their focus isn't on the risen Lord. Their focus is somewhere else. But you and I, 
have got our focus right, at least at, the, at this point we have. And for you and I, the fact that the, the tomb is empty doesn't lead to sadness, but leads to joy. A few years ago, when I was still the minister of Christ the King in Radbrook, I attended the funeral of Jane Tupper, who I'm sure for many of you will be a, a well-known, a lovely Christian lady, uh, married, of course, to Michael Tupper. And at a funeral, one of my predecessors here, uh, vicar here, whose name is uh, Reverend John Fieldsend, quoted from 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And St. Paul says this, When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And so no matter when our last day is on this earth, our mortality will be clothed with immortality and our perishable body with the imperishable. Easter Day means that the eternal victory is ours. It's not waiting for us on the last day. It's ours now, today. And so we race these tomb and we find that the tomb is empty. But not only is it empty, but we find that Scripture is fulfilled. As you read the Gospel accounts, one of the pervading senses that comes through as they, as they try to come to terms with what's going on is a pervading sense of sadness at this point. You know, there's a sort of a doom and a gloom of what is going on? What has happened to the body of Jesus? They are in mourning, they're grieving, and so they have come to the tomb with one purpose only, and that is to prepare the body for burial. They couldn't have done it before because of the Sabbath. And so they can only come now to do that. And so because they find no body, there's only one reason they can think of that the body is gone, and that is that it has been stolen. That is the only reason they can think that the body is not there, is that a despicable crime has been committed and that someone has stolen it. And so they ran back to tell the disciples. The disciples wait to see, run back also to find out what's going on. And as we've seen in verse 6, Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as a burial cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. Peter examines the tomb and he sees a burial cloth lying there and a separate piece of linen lying somewhere else in the tomb. And so, you know, the cogs begin to turn and he begins to think, well, hang on, was this a grave ro- is this a grave robbery? Because if tomb robbers had raided the tomb, then probably they would have taken everything. They would have taken the body and they would have taken the linen. They wouldn't have wrapped the linen carefully and tidily, put it in one place, and then wrapped another piece of linen around the head that would have been around the head of Jesus and put that separately. They wouldn't have done it. I think they would have, if you were in that situation, if you were a grave robber, you would have gone in there, uh, you would have taken the body, you would have taken the linen, and you would have scarpered quick. And that's having got past the Roman guards, having rolled away the stone and, you know, everything else. You wouldn't have put it all neatly. And so verse 8. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first 
also went inside. He saw and believed. Four words. He saw and believed. He witnessed and he trusted. A bit like John and Carolyn. They saw Jesus and they trusted him. Trusted him with their lives. And so Peter and John begin to understand that the body hasn't been stolen. Instead, that Jesus is alive, that he is risen. And they began to understand that the exit from the tomb wasn't a a hurried, chaotic crime. No, it was a peaceful exit from the tomb. It It was God in his great love and his divine power raising Jesus from the dead. And the fulfillment of all the promises of God in Scripture. But note, there's a side note in verse 9, in a, in a bracket. They still didn't understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. That's John himself saying, well, we, you know, we still didn't really quite get it. We're beginning to understand it, but we didn't really understand. It was too close to death. Still too close to, to, to seeing Jesus die on the cross. It's still seeped in, that, in sadness. You know, the tears of, of sorrow are still there. And they're just beginning to grasp that, Christ, that the scriptures have been fulfilled. Now, you and I have the privilege of perspective. You know, we've got the whole of the Bible. We've got the Gospels. We've got the New Testament letters. We've got the whole of scripture to, to reflect on. They didn't. They were in the midst of it. And it's like a puzzle, you know, trying to do a jigsaw puzzle and you've got pieces missing and you're trying to work it out. You know, they're beginning to put the puzzle together. But the resurrection had been foretold in Scripture. Psalm 16, for example, tells us this. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Jesus put to death on Good Friday and yet his body did not see decay. Jesus brought back to life out of the tomb on Easter Sunday. And it's then that scripture is fulfilled. It's then the prophecy has come true. And so our focus this morning is right and true and good. The tomb is empty. And we race to the tomb and we see the scriptures have been fulfilled. But sometimes our lives, you know, we get busy, we get distracted, we get disorientated. Things happen, we do things, and our focus goes. And we we miss that focus on the empty tomb. And we even forget about our race to the empty tomb. And our joy is maybe a little bit diminished. But John the Apostle is reminding us to keep our focus and clear and good and remind ourselves that the tomb of Jesus is empty. It's not empty because they'd raided the, body, raided the tomb and stolen the body. No, it's empty because Jesus is alive. That's the witness of Christians down the ages. We realize that it's empty because that's what Scripture said would happen. And you and I, if you and I, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you have trusted him with your life, you and I are called and invited and encouraged to go out and to share that good news with others. 
You and I have the greatest privilege, my friends, of sharing the Easter joy with others. The Apostle Paul, after his conversion, he became the greatest proclaimer of Christ, the risen Christ. He was convinced without a shadow of doubt that Jesus was alive, that he had been called to share the best news of all time, that the tomb is empty. And so he says in Acts chapter 20, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And you and I are Apostle Paul's for today. You are. You and I are the Peters and the Johns and the Marys of yesterday who are to race to the Easter tomb. And when we discover it's empty, our hearts are lifted because Scripture is fulfilled. And you and I have the task, the great and the glorious task of proclaiming through our words, through our deeds, through our lives, that the gospel of God's grace is here and now. That he who lived in heaven came and lived here on the earth and died and rose again so that we would live and reign with him forever. So in our daily race in this life, remember the race to the Easter tomb, to the empty tomb. And scripture is fulfilled. Alleluia. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let's pray together. Lord, help us to keep that focus right in our lives. Lord, we we have things that happen in our lives and things come against us and we get shaken in our faith. Lord, would you be our defender and our strength and our guide in this life? Keep our focus on the empty tomb. Keep our focus on the joy of the risen Lord. Be with us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.